welcome, welcome, welcome. I'm so glad you stopped by. My name is Connor Morganti, and I'm devoted to bringing you the best of all things money each and every week. When it comes to money, do you feel like you missed something along the way? Do you ever think that financial prosperity just isn't in the cards for you? If this hits home, don't feel alone. I've talked to hundreds of women whose overarching feelings about money are stress and confusion. The financial world can be daunting. Trust me, I know it's not a subject that's always user-friendly, accessible, or directed particularly towards women. But, and it's a pretty important but, if you're ready to take charge of your personal finances, congratulations. There's nothing more empowering than understanding how money works, and more specifically, how it can work for you. Join me each week to get your free money coaching while all the while keeping the conversation real with straight talk and some humor. Because all my pals will confirm that I'm hilarious. If you've been searching for a helpful and heartfelt virtual learning opportunity without judgment, well, sister friend, this podcast is for you. Welcome to the Southern Fried Business Podcast. Welcome back. Uh, I wanted to talk to you today about something funny. And when I um, chatted with my husband about this episode, he just kind of gave me a weird look until I kind of got into how I tie it all together. So I'm going to ask for your patience. Um, But I wanted to chat with you today about my HOA. Okay. Um, And the internet. And what in the world do those two things have in common? But stick around because I'm going to tell you. So if you're anything like me, you live in a neighborhood with an HOA. And like me, you probably wish you didn't. Um, They can have their good points, but usually it's um, just such a pain in the patoot because most of us live in neighborhoods where even though we have different tastes, we're not going to put rusted cars in our front yards and paint our houses hot pink and, and do all those things. But at any rate, I digress. I'm, this is not an HOA, um, podcast episode, believe it or not. But anyway, we recently had a neighborhood vote to install fiber optic lines for faster internet. Cause I kind of live in the sticks. I mean, not that far out. I'm close enough to Denver that I can get in and do all the things and shopping and whatever else, but I'm far enough out where uh, we don't have that high speed internet like the city does. <clears throat> so, I mean, our internet service is okay, but I wouldn't necessarily describe it as fast. Um, and especially now, with COVID and all this craziness where, um, you know, we were forced to stay home at one point and now we're, most of us electively stay home, at least for the most part. Um, and we're all working from home for the most part. So faster internet speeds have become less of a want or a luxury and it's become now more of a need, right? I'm sure you feel the same way, but why am I, (laughs) why in the world am I telling you about my stupid HOA. Um, Well, Cheryl, I am so glad you asked. I wanted to share an interesting definition that is now imperative to include in your financial planning. Meaning, guys, you gotta add this as, it's gotta be on your list. Uh, 
I mean, gone are the days of, oh, I just need a million dollars to retire and then I'll live off the interest or whatever you had in your mind or your parents' mind or even your grandparents' mind. It doesn't work like that anymore, unfortunately, right? Because I like simple situations. Um, but now you you need to add a line item to your uh, future planning, whether it's while you're working or <laughs> if it's in retirement years. And I'll tell you why the retirement years can be very important. So this term that we use in the financial world, and I'm sure they use it in other industries, um, it's called planned obsolescence. Now, you could play a drinking game right now, right? And <laughs> take a little drink every time I say planned obsolescence. There's number two. Um, so what the cheese curds is planned obsolescence. Number three, um, a more formal definition that I found states planned obsolescence describes a strategy of deliberately ensuring that the current version of a given product will become out of date or useless within a known period of time. This proactive move guarantees that consumers will seek replacements in the future thus bolstering demand. So I'm going to break it down for you in the easiest <laughs> definition ever. So in its simplest form, all that means is that things are made to break, right? And I'm sure you've experienced this. Um, so when our parents and grandparents would go shopping for like a washer and dryer or furniture or a house, or those big decisions, they were a huge deal, right? I mean, they were lifetime decisions because these appliances or goods that they were purchasing at, in their moment in time were very expensive. Not that they aren't today, but comparatively, they were very expensive because they were considered a once in a lifetime buy right? They didn't have to consider that these things were going to break down or even the new version of an iPhone or upgrading their laptops or having an iPad to FaceTime with their kids or grandkids. So all of these types of things fall into planned obsolescence. Have you started doing the game yet? <laughs> I now have to work with you as my client and account for that in our future income planning. And I have to pad that number to attempt to account for as yet undiscovered or uninvented technology too. Can you say Elon Musk? <laughs> so circling back around to my HOA, the motion passed to, prog uh, to progress with the fiber lines throughout the neighborhood. So yay, great, and that's wonderful because we all want faster internet, right? I mean, I sure do. I'm doing this podcast now and I'm limited on what I can do each and every day uh, in regards to my online business because I have what most people would consider slower internet. I do remember, oh my gosh, when we first moved in here uh, maybe 10 years ago, um, not too long after that is when the Peloton bikes started coming out and I wanted one of those suckers so bad but I didn't have fast enough internet. Now I think I do. I think it's gotten enough that I could do a Peloton, but 
I could, I didn't even have fast enough internet to stream a cycling class. So that's how bad it was. It's a little better today, but anyway. Um, so we all want faster internet, whether you're in my neighborhood or your neighborhood, but we have a few households here that they're retired and they're on a fixed income. And by their vehement, right? Oh, that's a new word. Put that, write that one down. Um, vehement reaction and no vote, I will assume that they didn't include planned obsolescence in their retirement income numbers. Some of them are selling things online to raise the funds. Some neighbors are taking up a collection to help those residents who can't afford it. I'm sure it will work out, but $4,500 is a lot of money to someone that's on a fixed income. Did I mention that to put fiber in my neighborhood, it was $4,500 a household? Maybe I didn't. But anyway, for somebody that is on a fixed income, having a surprise of $4,500 is not the most exciting situation, <laughs> we'll just say. I mean, you can't plan for everything, but we can try. In my $4,500 example, what if the vote hadn't passed? But as your money coach, and we had it in the bank just for these types of surprises. Well, at least you had it. And now you have some rainy day money or some extra funds for the next surprise because you will have one. Apple Watch or um, Apple just released their new Apple Watch version. And boy, oh boy, would I like to get that. Unfortunately, uh, I'm going to have to put off that purchase for a little bit. But it's those things that are constantly coming out. The newest cell phones and um, my refrigerator broke or my hot water heater needs replacing. That it's just become a way of life now that we have to look at those types of expenses as occurring on a cycle. And I read an article. I can't cite it now for you because I don't remember where it was from. But it's a five to seven year cycle. I mean, if you go longer than five to seven years, man, what a good buy you had because it hasn't broken yet or a part hasn't failed yet. So as your financial architect, it's my responsibility to work with you to plan for those contingencies. I help you design your plan to withstand the unpredictable. And if I'm not your financial person, then your financial person should be doing this. You can't just design the outside because it's beautiful. And of course, everybody wants to have a beautiful financial plan or a beautiful home, right? Because it's a, it's, but that outside, that facade, um, I'm referring to my HGTV vocabulary here. Um, it's, it's of no use. It, I don't care how pretty you are on the outside. It's of no use without a strong inner structure. Just like a building architect, we'll calculate the possible obstacles like wind, load, so we can properly design the foundation. In San Francisco, because of the earthquakes, building needs, buildings need special reinforcements. In Florida, the architects will design buildings with special glass to withstand hurricane winds. Even here in Colorado, a lot of buildings and homes are designed with cables on their roofs. Those lines are little heaters that help melt the snow so the roof doesn't sag under all that weight. So the architect specifically designs each structure to withstand that particular pressure so it can bear the weight. 
Your financial plan is no different and it needs to be designed to weather whatever storm comes. Your plan shouldn't falter and it won't collapse under the weight. The worst thing you can do is wait until the pressure comes to see what beams or support you need or until the middle of the storm to see the force of winds or resistance to determine what structure you need to build. Girl, it is too late. This all needs to be calculated ahead of time. Your plan, like a building or a home, is designed, constructed, and approved before construction even begins. Let's chat about my dreams of becoming a commercial real estate goddess. If I were to implement a construction plan for a 10-story office building, but maybe I only wanted to start with five levels, maybe that was my budget, but I wanted to leave that window open, so to speak, that I could add on later. The architect that I hire will design that foundation and the first five floors to support the whole 10, just in case I get to do that addition. Hopefully, your financial plan will never have its weight load, its hurricane windows, or its earthquake foundation tested. Personally, you can be tested, right? You can give in, you can be upset by what's going on around you. But I want that to be the only thing you worry about. That financial plan should be like the third little piggy's house made out of brick that could withstand even the biggest huff from the big bad wolf. Just like that. Check mark, right? I help my clients design their financial house to not only plan on today and tomorrow, but also when life throws those curveballs, like the $4,500 unplanned assessment in my neighborhood. So I would love to know, have you ever heard of planned obsolescence? Have you thought about it? Did you know it existed? Can you even actually plan for stuff like this? But I'm so glad you asked, Sharon, because yes, you can. Just like the, our previous administration, yes, you can, right? So you can do a couple of things to help mitigate or um, lower your risk of running into problems like these. So number one, you can get a great holistic financial advisor to help you. They will take into consideration that when calculating your future needs, including your retirement years, um, like I'm behind the mic here, raising my hand, which you can't see me because I'd love to help you if you need the help, but they're going to take all that into consideration. Things like planned obsolescence when they are mapping out what's going to happen in your future. Now, all financial advisors, we are so beholden by the law that we can't guarantee anything, which I understand that, right? You you can understand that as well. Markets go up, markets go down. Sometimes they go up and down sideways for no reason that anybody can really put their finger on. So we can't guarantee those types of things. But what I can guarantee is that if you don't have a great financial advisor or you're not on top of it yourself on planning for these things, your plan it will either fail or be seriously tested. Uh, and speaking of doing it yourself, number two, you can certainly DIY your own financial plan and account for planned obsolescence. And the key here would be true diversification. 
I had covered what is true diversification in a previous episode. Um, but what I mean by that is you need to have portion a portion of your portfolio set aside for those types of contingencies, right? I would also recommend that these accounts that are earmarked for these types of things have very little to no risk because my neighbors here, if they had had, and I'm, maybe some of them do, but the ones that I know of didn't, if they had one of these contingency accounts with hopefully more than $4,500 in there, I wouldn't want it to be down are worth less than $4,500 just because we happen to be in a down market cycle at the time of the assessment, right? So put it in something that might have a little bit of return so it's not sitting there stagnant, but I wouldn't put in anything that's going to have volatility because that defeats the whole purpose of you saving the money for these situations. So speaking of DIY, make sure to sign up at southernfriedbusiness.com to get on the VIP VIP. <laughs> early list for my upcoming course to DIY your financial plan. It's called Southern Fried Money 101. So this course is for you if, number one, you are the financial decision maker in your home or business, you're longing to become an empowered money manager of yourself or your business, you're tired of watching other people growing their money and want to do the same for yourself, you're tired of guessing where to put your money. You're frustrated because money issues are keeping you from living the life you dreamed about. And last but not least, like, uh, well, gosh, what was that guy's name on Saturday Night Live? Um, oh, now I can't remember it. But anyway, <laughs> you know, he looks in the mirror because he's, he's smart enough and he's good enough and darn it, people like me. Um, but the last one is you're not, you are smart enough but you just haven't found the right teacher. So I'd love for you to join me. As always, if you have any questions, please reach out. I'm here to help. That's what I'm doing this for. Um, send me a DM, send me an email to hello at southernfriedbusiness.com. Um, I'm always around. <laughs> uh, I can help you answer those questions so you don't make those big mistakes. And the only thing you have to worry about is making money online, right? Doing your job, not doing your job and my job. So until next time, friends, uh, I hope you'll tune in again next week. And remember, my papa always said, don't take any wooden nickels. Thank you for joining me today on the Southern Fried Business Podcast where I help women gain the confidence they need to take control of their checkbooks and live the life they once envisioned for themselves. Join me next week for another timely info drop that will help you level up. Ladies, it's time to fund your life. The opinions and information in this podcast are for general information only. Any reliance on the information provided is done at your own risk. This podcast should not be considered professional advice.